and then eventually apparently adding too many extra words and also they're gonna go get wait are they yet hang on sorry let me go back yeah no problem i just watched this episode you'd think i'd remember it better welcome to stargazing a stargate gazing podcast i'm your host kathy and I'm your other host, Mary. And each week we discuss an episode of Stargate beginning with Stargate SG-1. I don't have my headphones on. So I don't know what you're saying, if you're saying anything. Hold on. Oops. Hello? 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 Can you uh, hear me? Oh, yes, I can hear you. Oh, hi. Apparently hi. I had somehow hit the mute button. Oh, okay. <laughs> no um, idea how I managed to do that because it's behind a pop filter, but you know. Yeah, here we are. <laughs> we are here. Yeah. You know who else is here? Who's here? Buddy's here. Buddy! Buddy! You're probably too far away to be able to purr for everyone. Your but... name even says Buddy is here today. He is. He's sitting next to me. Oh, what a good buddy. He's a very good buddy. Where you are sitting in your new house. In our new in our new house on our new couch. Because Ooh. I am not together enough to have a dedicated <laughs> space to do anything. That is quite all right. I think everyone will forgive you if you're slightly more echoey than usual a week after moving. <laughs> yeah. I was actually thinking it may not be that bad because this place is already less echoey than the apartment with no carpeting. Because there's carpeting <laughs> and I've Fair. got couches and... So hopefully it won't be too bad. Yeah. You're a little echoey, but it's not yeah. bad. Yeah. I don't think it's bad anyway. Not in a box. Yeah. Buddy. Where are you going to put your recording box eventually? I'm not sure yet. I haven't no. tested the internet range downstairs. Ah, gotcha. And also it's colder down there. Oh, uh, yeah. We'll see. We'll see. I might I w- enjoy that when it's summer. So. <laughs> I was about to say, I wouldn't think you would mind it being colder. <laughs> no. Not generally. Yeah, for now, yeah. we're we're on the couch. Fabulous. My orange kitty looks very good on this blue couch. I'm sure he does. He's a handsome boy. He is. The most handsome boy, I would even say. He is. Mm-hmm. I did notice today, though, his ear looks a little bit like someone might have been scratching again. Uh-oh. And fortunately, we are going to the vet tomorrow, so I will have them take a look at that. Oh, okay. Damn it. Yeah, that's annoying. Yeah. How are you doing? Oh, I'm fine. Yay. Yeah. A <sighs> little sore, but otherwise oh. fine. Why Why would you be sore, pray tell? Because <laughs> I ran a half marathon yesterday without Ooh. bothering to train for it, you know, like you do. <laughs> what half totally marathon? Normal thing. <laughs> You're so great. That's amazing. You got through it. I did. I didn't. I can't say that I didn't train for it at all. I ran like seven miles once or twice about a month and a half ago, <laughs> <laughs> and then I was bored. <laughs> I used to actually really like long runs, but the last two that I did, that seven or couple seven miles, I was like, I'm bored. I'm gonna just maybe give up on training and just see how it goes. <laughs> so that's what I did, and it was fine, except that I was a little bit extra sore after. But now today, I feel fine. Ah. Uh. Well, yeah, I'm I still glad. finished. I finished very slowly, but I finished, and that's what matters. And I didn't get lapped by the full marathon people, so that's also good. Yay! Yay! <laughs> yep, that's been my weekend. That, and then I was doing a bunch of grading, so not really much of a weekend for me. Yay! <laughs> it's fine. Everything's fine. Agreed. I definitely don't have to go back to my apartment after this and slowly throw mm. the components of what used to be a couch into the dumpster over there <laughs> it used to be a couch it did <laughs> did any of the uh the saws that i gave you help with your endeavors? yeah the manual one was too much like i okay. that was too much i figured much, it would but, be but thought i would just give it to you just in case. but the one was great <laughs> it didn't i i it, mostly though the endeavor was about pulling things apart with the hammer and ripping the fabric with a box cutter most importantly did you reclaim the ring that your couch ate 10 years or so ago i sure did yay yeah (laughs) i was very excited and i found a spider the spider (laughs) was not a pleasant surprise the spider was also very obstinate and refused to move even though i was literally dismantling its house (laughs) 
And finally, the piece he was dangling from fell down. And and then he went and hid in the rest of the couch. And I was like, dude, that's the least safe place for you right now. Then a friend came over to help me move a few things. You have other friends than me and Colin just and Jeff? Just what? one. Oh, okay. But she she captured the spider and let it outside. So oh, that's nice of her. That was good because I was yeah. like, I'm going to leave this up to fate. If the spider hides in the couch and I mean, <laughs> I accidentally crush it, that's on the spider, really. Well, I appreciate at least that despite your intense fear of spiders, I would say, that you don't just automatically decide to kill them and no. you, you try to at least let them continue to exist. I, I also don't like to kill things. Right, exactly. That's good. A lot of people would be like, "Ew, spider, kill it. But no, they you know, they have a right to live too. Yeah, they do. Their own business. They, and they provide a great service. Absolutely. To the rest of us in do good work. killing other bugs. Right. Exactly. Because all the rest of the bugs can fuck off. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Spiders, of course, not being bugs. No. I know. I said rest of as if That's why they I were a bug. Clarify. But thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. I did know that. Just being, just being pedantic now. You? I'm yeah. shocked. I know. Well, you know, you've met who I'm married to, and he's like <laughs> the king of pedantry, so <laughs> it does rub off a bit over time. <laughs> We should make him a crown. <laughs> that would be fantastic. <laughs> we should. That might need or, to happen. Yeah, we could. We could even make him. Uh, should it be out of crystal? A crystal crown? Ooh, yeah. it could. See how I'm at least attempting to segue. That was that <laughs> was time. Well us. done. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so should we talk about what we're watching? What we, we watched? Should. Yeah. Yeah. It was a uh, Stargate season. No. Not just Stargate. Stargate. <laughs> We've only been doing this for a year and a half and almost well, coming up on four seasons and now yeah. you suddenly don't know the name of the show. Yep. We watched Stargate <laughs> SG-1 season three, episode 21, Crystal Skull. <gasps> that reminds me, the Indiana Jones theme song came on my playlist yesterday while I was running down a big hill and it was great. Nice. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. I did too. I was reading about how the new Indiana Jones movie isn't coming out till next June. So I'm still kind of annoyed they're making another one. I yeah, I'm I'm very ambivalent about it. Mm-hmm. But the fact that it exists and I can't watch it and make judgments bothers me. Fair. That's fair. I mean, of course I'm gonna go watch it when it comes oh, out. Oh yeah, but... hell yeah. But maybe it's time to stop making those. Maybe. <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> I watched this on my laptop because I haven't set up my TV yet. So I took some notes by hand, not a ton, because I also downloaded the transcript so that I'd have a reference point. But I will, it's I will so do my best. Much easier with the transcript. <laughs> I will do my best. <laughs> we actually start with a uh, cool shot of a Stargate on a on a different world yeah. than Earth. And some very, very dramatic music. Yes. Because you can, you're can you kind of looking through the Stargate at what is clearly an enormous pyramid behind it. And the Stargate itself isn't on, like, the ground. It's up on, like, a pedestal on a walkway. It was just really cool yeah, looking. It was cool looking. And what is going on is that SG-1 and the rest of the SGC, I suppose, have sent a mouth through. And they're having a look at this planet with this big pyramid on it. It's apparently over a thousand meters high and is even bigger than anything the gold have made, according to Teal'c. Daniel recognizes it as Mayan and he's like, I need to see this. How does he know it's Mayan, though, just from looking at it from the outside? I don't know. I mean, it's a stepped pyramid, as most Mayan pyramids seem to be, but there are also some stepped pyramids in Egypt and probably other places. Maybe there's some, like, identifying things that we don't get. Mm. privy access to i can see how i'm echoing anyway that's fine (laughs) i'll put some filters on it won't fix it all together but yeah yeah it'll be fine eventually i'll have a booth again yeah or something or at least some soundproofing or whatever right anyway the clower could be your recording space if you got it down there that would be so that i'd have to cover the whole thing (laughs) yeah it would be very echoey in there (laughs) very very yeah 
I don't remember if we've talked about it before, but Kathy's basement has a random shower closet. I finally got to see Kathy's house, and it's like totally a murder room. Somebody was, someone was killing people in there. <laughs> and now it's mine. Yep. As you yourself pointed out, no wonder there's so much pavement in your backyard. It's all coming together. Yeah, I'm going to see how you can rent cadaver dogs and bring some over to your house one day. Just see what happens in your backyard and your basement. Yeah, we'll look up the local cadaver dog rental service. Yeah, there's got to be one, right? Probably. You, one? you should continue talking and I'm going to look up cadaver dog rental while you do that. Okay, uh, should I talk about the show? Probably you should talk about the show. Okay. <laughs> So the belt actually goes into this pyramid and it comes around a corner and finds a giant cavern. There's a walkway through it, but mostly it's just a gaping hole with a bunch of imposing stalagmites. And Sam at that point is like, I have to see this now. They were kind of cool and had like gold or something glowy. Yeah. Yeah. And those stalagmites. I was like, way to go, stalagmites. Right? There was also some weird radiation that she wanted to check out. Yes. I didn't know a lot about what she was talking about, but I didn't really know how she drew her conclusions either, that they were changing the speed of neutrinos because nothing that she said seemed to indicate that to me, but... I don't know. I also am not a particle physicist, so... Yeah, me either. I can't officially call him out on that. The furthest I looked into that was like, oh, what's a lepton? Oh, look at this very complicated definition. Oh, <laughs> I'm confused because they mentioned something different later, not a lepton, but then it turns out the, I think it was muon or Muons, something. muons are leptons, yeah. They're, they are leptons. Yes, I did look yeah. that up. Yeah. But how should you the conclusion that it must be slowing down neutrinos? That I have yeah. no idea. That didn't make any sense. Who knows? Yeah. Sam says science things and she really wants to go. Yeah. This might change what they know about physics and the formation of the universe. Daniel wants them to move the map closer, but they can't because the walkway is too narrow. So they zoom in and enhance. <laughs> I mean, they just zoom in and then yeah. focus, but... <laughs> but, you know. Yeah. And there is a skull, a crystal skull sitting on a pedestal over there. She looks like it appears to be a human skull. And Daniel's like, no, that's a crystal skull. And he says it is exactly like the one found in 1971 in Belize by his grandfather. What? (laughs) Amazing. Amazing. I have not found any cadaver dog services in Connecticut (laughs) yet, by the way. (laughs) Uh, I have found some dog training places and search and rescue references and some cadaver dog services in other states, but I have not yet found any in this state. (laughs) I will continue my search, but I will do so when we are not recording. Okay. (laughs) Because now it's my turn. If I can find where I am in my notes, because I was not following along as I normally do. After credits. In the briefing room, Daniel is doing a presentation about crystal skulls. Did you do any extra research into this? I was wondering. I actually know a little bit about them because I've watched a documentary on them oddly, Uh, randomly a while back. But I I just perused the Wikipedia page for crystal skulls. And basically, any one of them that has actually been tested has been found to be made much, much later yeah. than anyone purports them to be. And at least according to Wikipedia, there's not really anything in Mesoamerican history about crystal skulls. So yeah. they're totally a made up thing. But we are watching a show about ancient aliens that are real. So we'll go with that. Right. I did read about a specific skull, the Mitchell Hedges skull, which it sounds like Stargate took some of the mm-hmm. detail on that one particularly and made that the one Daniel's grandfather found rather than the actual person who had it yeah isn't there supposedly like one that has even like more perfect proportions than the others am i remembering right i don't know i didn't read it that closely but there's different ones they have different you know weights and sizes and yeah some include the jaw some don't yeah and then of course we have a very infamous movie made about it (laughs) what movie would that be (laughs) uh it might have been indiana jones and the kingdom of the crystal skull oh right (laughs) yeah that one (laughs) that one one, i feel like 
I would rewatch that before I would rewatch Temple of Doom. I think we've had this conversation before. Oh, yeah, I totally would, too. I was not as bad as that one. And I actually find a fair amount of value in watching the scenes at Marshall College because they were right. filmed, some of them, in New Haven, Connecticut, and I recognize some of the places. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah. I recognize a few of those places myself. It's pretty cool. Yeah. This has nothing to do with anything. I, I mm -hmm. went to a presentation about, like the Peabody and stuff and I didn't find out a lot about it because mm -hmm. they're doing this huge renovation but yeah I'm yeah. really excited for when it I'm reopens. so excited for that renovation I can't wait yeah and they they got enough money apparently that it's just going to be free to the public going forward once it reopens and that is so good yeah, yeah. I heard they were going to aim for that that's awesome yeah I'm looking forward to that me too yeah, yeah. yellow Peabody museum amazing place for yeah. anybody that is anywhere even remotely close yeah. to Definitely recommend. Yes. A++. Plus plus. Many a good time there. Indeed. So many field trips there when I was a kid. Yeah. And then we would just, my parents would take us there all the time. Yeah. Too. Yeah. So, yeah. Love that place. But it's enjoyable as an adult as well. Agree. They don't have any crystal skulls, though, I don't think. But they do have other various archaeological relics and uh, yeah. relics. Relics and relics. As well as lots of dinosaur bones. Yes. It's great. Yes. It anyway, <laughs> anyway. <off> topic. <laughs> crystal, crystal skulls. <laughs> crystal skulls, not a real thing. Most of them, you know, were made either in the late 19th century and even some in the in the 20th century, at least the ones I was reading about. Yeah. Some of them are on display in museums anyway. Like the Smithsonian one is, is displayed as a false history oh, or yeah. whatever. Cool. Yeah. So. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. That's all yeah. I had. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. No problem. I was like, I bet Kathy's going to look into this, so I'm just not going to Just a little. Just a little. Thank you for sharing. Yeah, no problem. Yeah. So Daniel goes on to say that his grandfather was a great explorer, but not a great grandfather, and preferred being called Nick even when Daniel was a kid. He sounded really judgy when he said that, and the only reason I'm pointing that out is because my great-grandmother and my aunt both preferred to just be called by their first names, so ah. that does not make somebody a bad relative just because they want to be called by their name instead of some you know, social construct title that society says that they should be re referred to as. Whatever. Yeah, I feel like that's just a thing he's angry about because... He's upset about other things with his yes. grandfather, so he's right. just like, let me add this other thing that's terrible right. about him. Yes, agree. That's not really. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. He goes on basically saying the same things that Kathy was saying about them figuring that most of them were fake, a lot of them were more modern, but there is some lore that says that they might possess certain types of power and that they might be able to transport people places. Tilk asks if daniel's grandfather happened to actually see any of the aliens that these skulls were purported to be able to transport people to and daniel again decided surprisingly judgy when he's like well yeah and he insisted it to the entire <laughs> academic community and i'm thinking well didn't you kind of do something yeah. pretty similar there yeah. and actually sam even calls him out on that a little bit later yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody obviously believed his grandfather. The moral of the story is they're going to go to the planet, try to check out that skull, and they're going to limit their time there to 15 minutes at the absolute most because Fraser says that's the maximum that they can really afford for the type of radiation that they're going to be fighting over there. Nintendo. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, oh. Jack's like, great, Nintendo passes <laughs> through everything. So yeah, you're right. <laughs> we don't want to be there too long. <laughs> the team go through and head on into the pyramid they make their way to the malp sam lets them know that the muon radiation is increasing but it's okay so far and they're looking at this enormous cavern apparently it's so big you could put all the pyramids on earth inside and have room to spare according to daniel that sounds a bit hyperbolic to me yeah a little bit there's a lot of pyramids in a lot of places <laughs> Practical Jack is like, can you imagine heating this place? <laughs> Would <Yeah>. that portmanteau <laughs> be jactical? <laughs> Sounds obscene. It does. <laughs> so they step onto the bridge. Then Jack tells Sam to start the clock, which wouldn't they have had to start right? it when they got on the planet? 
Yes. Well, it, not, not even necessarily on the planet, I wouldn't think, but like in the pyramid. Yeah. In but... the same chamber as the skull. Or is it the whole planet that had all those neutrinos? I wasn't I... sure if it was the planet itself or just that room, that I'm chamber. I'm not sure. So maybe it's just the room. Still, they were in the room before they got on the bridge, though. Yeah. yeah. Either way, apparently now they've got 15 minutes, they think. Yeah. They start to make their way over in the totally not at all fake looking background <laughs> that definitely really doesn't look fake at all through the entire episode nope and when they're running it looked even worse <laughs> yes, it walking did. looked bad enough but then running looked just so yeah. dumb <laughs> distractingly yeah. bad daniel makes a beeline for the crystal skull which is kind of pinkish and seems to be a little like glowy yeah daniel says it's identical to the one nick his grandfather discovered in belize and he can't tell if it is a transport because there's no writings or any other indications on the pedestal itself sam is talking science stuff about the cavern being a containment body and something about neutrinos daniel is just getting transfixed on this skull that he's closely staring at now (laughs) It was funny how they were just kind of all having their own conversations with themselves (laughs) in this scene. (laughs) Sam was sciencing. Jack's like, how far down is that? (laughs) Teal'c, though. Teal'c's just standing there silent. (laughs) Teal'c's on the ball, though, because he notices Daniel's a little uh, too interested in this. Yeah, something weird's going on. So he goes over and tries to get Daniel's attention. Daniel does not answer. Sam then notes that the radiation is actually spiking, and it's at 300%. Hmm. 400. So Jack's like, uh, it's time to get out of here. And then all of a sudden, the, like, sparkling that's happening in this crystal skull is starting to, like, explode out of it, and there's, like, sparkles everywhere. Uh, weren't those, like, sparkles out of your fingers? Like lightning, maybe? It looks like it's going to take Daniel until Tilk decides to just shoot it. Seems like that's a really bad idea. <laughs> do for things that you don't know how they work or what's going on is definitely you should just shoot them. Yeah. With a high energy weapon. Yeah. So he does though, and Daniel like goes falling backwards and is laying on the floor. And it becomes apparent immediately that nobody can find Daniel, even though he's laying there on the ground. They think he's disappeared. And they don't have time to think about it or figure out what's going on because the readings are so off the scale that Sam just passes out. Jack picks her up over his shoulder and is headed the hell out of there, tells Teal'c he's got to go too. And Teal'c follows running. And as you mentioned, the running makes the background (laughs) even more fake. Just awful. So not great. (laughs) You would think that... If Daniel was suddenly gone when they were standing out on like this, what, like maybe 10 foot in diameter circle above a giant pit, that the assumption would be that he probably fell? Maybe. But they don't even take that into consideration like at all. They do (laughs) not. This entire time. (laughs) It seemed weird (laughs) to me. Yeah. That they never even like mentioned that as being an option for what could have happened. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Next scene is back in the control room. They've got an incoming traveler, and Hammond says to open the iris. The team all rushes through, and by all, I mean SG three quarters rushes through, <laughs> and collapses on the ramp. Hammond calls for a medical team, asks where Daniel Jackson is, but nobody has an answer because they are all unconscious. <laughs> Later in the infirmary, <laughs> Fraser is talking to Jack. Jack asks about Carter and Daniel. I don't know why he didn't ask about Tilk. Maybe he was just assuming that Tilk would be okay, which would be a fair assumption because Fraser says that he's conscious, but Sam is still unconscious and no one knows where Daniel is. Yeah. Yeah. She does emphasize that it was good that they left when they did. And Jack complains that he's really hot. And Fraser says that it's because his hypothalamus has been affected by the radiation. I actually did look up what muon radiation effects would be versus like any other type of radiation and okay. i really can find a whole lot because there's actually apparently a fair amount of debate on the effect that they can have because i guess we mostly get muon radiation from cosmic rays and so they're not really something that's gonna usually be too impactful on people ah. but then there can be like storms of cosmic rays and they're doing research now debating on what kind of impact 
that would have. So I really have not a whole lot to add on the science on this. Maybe they're right. Maybe not. Who knows? If my name were Ray, I would take on the persona of Cosmic Ray. <laughs> that would be fantastic. There would be a lot of uh, neon. Nice. And I would wear sunglasses all the time. Would you only do cosmic bowling and never any regular Yes. <laughs> I would find some Dayglo high tops. In... I feel like you should change your name now just because I want, <laughs> I want this to be a thing. <laughs> Please change your name. <laughs> I never ask anything of you, Kathy, (laughs) except for this one thing. Do this for me. (laughs) Yeah, we'll see. (laughs) Anyway. (laughs) Tilk joins in on the conversation. Apparently he was just sitting nearby. And Hammond comes in and wants to know what happened to Daniel. Also, they're just talking about how, yeah, he was gone. Tilk says that the skull enveloped him in some energy, so he shot it. <laughs> like you do. Yeah. <laughs> and Hammond's like, what? I can't believe what I'm hearing. <laughs> he was surprised. I'm not sure if he was surprised at Tilk's decision to shoot the thing or the fact that Daniel disappeared, or maybe both equally. I don't maybe. know. Maybe. <laughs> Back in the pyramid, we do get a quick glance of Daniel still lying unconscious on the floor. Apparently, crystal skulls take a lot out of you. Apparently so. In the control room. They're having a looky at the planet again, and they say no signs of Daniel. Teal comes in to talk to General Hammond, and he says he's fine, and that he thinks that they should go get the crystal skull from the cavern, because then maybe they could figure out where Daniel was transported. <clears throat> Teleported, excuse me. Mm-hmm. Yes. Hammond says the radiation's still too high, but Teal'c's like, I've got a symbiote. What are you going to do? And Hammond's like, but what if it takes you where it, it, it sent Dr. Jackson? And Teal'c's like, then I will have succeeded in locating, in locating him. him. <laughs> <laughs> Laughed a lot at that. <laughs> Me too. So he's maybe heading on over there. Oh, no, he is headed on over there. Hammond yep. apparently is swayed by this. It's <laughs> a great argument, apparently. Great argument, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Then we're back on the planet with the horrible <laughs> running effect as Tilk is running across the bridge back towards the skull. Daniel is still there, lying unconscious on the floor, but he wakes up as Tilk gets there as miraculously convenient timing would have oh, yeah. happened. Yeah. Daniel tries to talk to Tilk, and uh uh-oh, it becomes apparent that Tilk cannot see Daniel or hear Daniel. Daniel's very confused. He wants to know where everybody is. And then Tilk runs through Daniel as on his way back to the gate. So that's a little disconcerting to Daniel. So not knowing what else to do, he runs and follows after Tilk. Yeah. Yeah. Tilk returns with the skull, and Daniel... Follows behind, barely making it through before the Stargate closes. But, you know, it doesn't kill him because it stayed open just long enough. It did. Just barely. Yeah. But still. (laughs) Still long enough. Teal'c's got the skull and reports to Hammond that he did not see any sign of Daniel Jackson. Daniel's like, hey, you guys can't see me. Oh, no. They're going to take the skull to Dr. Rothman to have a looky-see and see if he can figure out how it works. And I believe Sergeant Siler it is that takes it over to him. Teal'c says that Sam will also want to study it. And Jack's like, nope. And Hammond says... <laughs> As soon as she's fully recovered, and Daniel's like, what? Recovered from what? What's going on? (laughs) And they just leave him standing there because they don't see him. Yep. Back in the infirmary, Tilk comes in, and he is followed by the Daniel that nobody can see. Fraser says that Sam is going to be just fine because her exposure wasn't long enough to cause any permanent damage. And again, can't comment on this because... I haven't dealt with a lot of radiation patients in my exercise training. So sure, we'll go with it. Yeah. Yep. Jack is awake and complaining about how mean Dr. Fraser is for making him stay in bed. He is very unhappy. In fact, he calls her a Napoleonic power monger. (laughs) 
Tilk tells them that he didn't see Daniel anywhere in the vicinity of the pyramid, so they all want to know what happened. And again, none of them consider that he might have fallen into the <laughs> hugely deep pit that was all around this thing. They, Tilk is pretty adamant that it must be a teleportation device, so you know that must be what happened. But Daniel, speaking essentially to himself, since no one else can hear him, says, no, something else happened. So Rothman is apparently studying it now, but Jack says that Rothman couldn't figure out an ashtray, so he's not too optimistic. (laughs) So he decides that he's going to get up. Tilk tells him that Dr. Fraser believes you are not strong enough. Jack's like, whatever. He gets out of bed and immediately falls to the floor. (laughs) And Tilk was like, yeah, she's usually correct in such matters. <laughs> and then he bends down and picks Jack up and throws him face down on the bed. Oh, cool. You're welcome, O'Neal. And it was hilarious. <laughs> it was hilarious. <laughs> we head down to the Rothman nerd lab. <laughs> and we see Rothman there hanging yeah. out, looking at the skull. Is it just, I don't think it's just his nerd lab. Is no, it his own nerd lab? I don't he was think there with so. Siler. He was there with Siler. Yeah. It just, it could just be a nerd lab. Maybe multi, he doesn't get his multi-purpose, own. Multi-purpose, multi-use nerd lab. Maybe only the flagship archaeologist gets his yeah. own office. I don't know. Could be. Rothman, who, I we've seen him before, right? Because he was assigned yeah. to SG-1 when Daniel, right. what, quit or something? When I Daniel think. quit because yeah. Share had died, that's when Rothman came in. Yeah, so he just seemed to be the less competent and even more nerdy with worse allergies version of Daniel. <laughs> right, he's actively using nasal spray as he sits there. <laughs> yeah, so they keep that up for this. Yeah. <laughs> all ner- Well, I was going to say all nerds have allergies, of course. I actually do have allergies, so I Me can't too. argue against that. <laughs> Daniel's giving him some encouraging words. <laughs> Trying to, like, give him hints that he can't hear. Yep. <laughs> and Rothman's like, well, it's a crystal skull. And Hammond's like, we do that. <laughs> he says it is similar to Nicholas Ballard's skull in the Smithsonian. And the craftsmanship is very impressive. Probably made in Germany, early 1800s. Yep. In fact, he says that it's almost identical to the skull that Ballard found. Yeah. And <laughs> that only struck me because they point that out like five or six times in this episode. Yeah. Well, these aren't like the other fake crystal skulls. Right. <laughs> True. And he doesn't understand what this has to do with Daniel being missing. It looks like we believe it's a teleportation device. And Rothman is completely like dumbfounded <laughs> by this. <laughs> Daniel's like, great, be skeptical, yes! <laughs> and Hammond's like, maybe your expertise, you could help us provide insight into where he may have been sent. At which point, <laughs> Rothman snorts some nasal spray and is like, it's a skull! <laughs> Very helpful man. Daniel says, not that skeptical. <laughs> and Rothman continues, though, because it's made of crystal, not plutonium, he does not understand how... This could be a transportation device. Hammond, though, wants him to continue working on it and humor him. I don't think the plutonium had to do with a transportation device so much as energy generation. Oh, unless you are time traveling <laughs> and you are in if you're a, driving uh, a DeLorean. A then DeLorean, yes, yeah. But, you know, the plutonium can always be replaced by 1.21 gigawatts of electricity. Right. Yeah, so. from any source, like a yeah. lightning bolt. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Tilk tells him not to look directly in the eyes of the skull. And they all leave. Rothman then looks at Sergeant Siler, who's there, and is like, what, what do, do you think? think? And Siler's like, I think you're going to get fired. <laughs> And I just think it was just such a good moment. Like, it's it so, it's funny, but also, like, I don't know. I feel like a, like a thing that people might actually say. And it's one of those moments where this place just, it's not just like they're on this mission. It's its a job. Right. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. In Tilk's quarters, Tilk is meditating. Daniel is sitting across from him, staring creepily at him, <laughs> watching him meditate. He says that even though he knows that Tilk can't hear him, he does want to thank him for coming back. He, he says coming back for me, but he didn't actually come back for you, Daniel. He came back for the skull. 
Well, he did look around to see if Daniel was there. This is true. He did. <laughs> but he didn't even look over the edge. No. <laughs> he looked around at the nothingness that was surrounding <laughs> it, but did not look over the edge to the bottom. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Tilk suddenly opens his eyes and asks if someone's present, and he is looking around. Daniel's all excited because he thinks that Tilk might be able to hear him or see him. Maybe he can get in touch with Tilk, something, but nope. Tilk just goes back into his room and shuts the door. Back over with Rothman, he is like an inch away from the skull and staring intently into its eyes, which is exactly what he was told not to do. And it reminded me very much of a certain former politician who stared up into his solar eclipse, despite all scientific advice to not do that. If only he'd been transported away. Right? Seriously. <laughs> if only. Sam comes in and yells at him to stop. Because that's what Daniel was doing, and Roth- Rothman's basically like, yeah, and I was trying to prove that nothing was going to happen by doing that. <laughs> Rothman says that the fact that he's still there is proof that the skull didn't do it, but then they start talking about the fact that there's no radiation here either. There's not even any residual radiation. Maybe that's what was missing. Rothman says that he wishes it was a teleportation device so that he could go use it to find Daniel. I'm thinking he wishes it was a teleportation device so that he could get himself out of this situation. (laughs) But no, he thinks that it's basically just a paperweight. Sam is so pissed off that she says she's just going to take over, basically kicking him out of doing any research (laughs) on the crystal skull. Fraser randomly comes over with a glass of water for Sam, and suddenly Daniel realizes that he's not hungry or thirsty, so is it because he's dead? Oh no! <laughs> Maybe he's dead. Yeah. He jumps off of the table that he was sitting on, and Sam gets a shiver and asks if anyone else felt that. And Daniel's like, oh, maybe it was me! Maybe she felt me! Ooh! <laughs> Spoopy. <laughs> In the control room... They're dialing up the gate. The whole team is there. Sam has done some testing on the skull with no luck. Jack offers for them to take another look at the planet. Dr. Frazier, who is also there, is against this because the radiation is still pretty high over there. Hammond tells them they're sending a UAV through to do some sort of long-range search of the planet. He doesn't want to risk anyone else, which I think is a good thing. The gate opens. They send through the UAV. Sam then comes up with another idea, which is Daniel's grandfather. And Daniel and Jack both go, Nick? So she thinks that maybe they should go see him because maybe he knows actually where Daniel is since he was teleported by a crystal skull. Dr. Frazier, though, has taken the liberty of looking up old Nick (laughs) and he is currently in a psychiatric institution in Oregon because his failure to prove the skull was more than just a curiosity caused a mental breakdown from which he's never fully recovered. Hmm. So he checked himself in, and Sam wonders why Daniel (laughs) wouldn't have told them that. (laughs) Daniel says, oh yes, by the way, he's insane. So that's the answer to that one. Yep. Dr. Frazier knows a lot. She says Daniel was visiting regularly there before the Stargate program started up. Or before he joined, anyway. And Daniel explains they had a huge fight and he was kicked out. Grandpa doesn't want anything to do with Danny. I've decided to call them that, Grandpa that's and fine. Danny. Yeah, yeah, that's reasonable. But the doctor at this place is like any friend of Daniel's is welcome. <laughs> Which Daniel's surprised about. I'm a little surprised, yeah. too. It's a little weird. Yeah. So Hammond okays this because they really don't have any other leads on this. And he reminds them that what they do is classified so they cannot give out details about the Stargate program or what happened to Daniel. Oh, hello. We're just going to go ask some random questions about your crystal skull. We know Daniel, but we're not going to talk about why we're asking you these questions. That sounds like it's going to work out. 
Yeah. Also, does he really need to remind them that what they work on is classified? I don't know. <laughs> I feel I it only comes they're up pretty... because they're totally going to break that. So. Yeah, true. In the psychiatric institution, Jack is getting himself a drink of water. And I was wondering why the jug was very intensely lit from underneath. <laughs> it was weird. They don't know. Yeah. There are patients around and they're wandering around. This whole scene was like pointless. Them just waiting around. So yeah. Yeah. Anyway, maybe they just need to fill a few seconds of time. Yeah. They're in some waiting room and a nurse comes in to let them in to go see Nicholas Ballard. <laughs> Tilk demands that they be taken to him immediately. Tilk wearing a brown fedora. <laughs> yes. Tilk cat watch. The latest Tilk cat watch. We can add to that. I thought yep. it was great. I yep. liked the hat. The the nurse asks if they're close, and Jack says yes. Well, Tilk says no, and then Tilk <laughs> says yes, extremely. <laughs> this scene was weird because she says that she's going to see if he's ready for them. So, like, why even bother to ask if they know him and if they're close to him when they've already got approval to visit him? Um, Being conversational, weird. I guess. I don't know. I guess. Yeah. Conversation. Yeah. So she's going to go check to see if Nick is ready. And Daniel's like, why am I waiting? So he just goes and wanders in. <laughs> there is a doctor talking to Nick in there. And Nick says that he misses Daniel. Aww. Yeah. The doctor asks that the nurse show his friends in. Daniel tells Nick that he needs his help and that friends are going to come and ask about the skull and that he needs to tell them everything and just trust them. The doctor introduces Jack when they come in and then the doctor leaves them alone to continue their conversation. We get a little bit more background on the falling out with Daniel and Nick. Apparently Nick was equally as judgmental towards Daniel's research as Daniel was towards his research. So their falling out was largely over Daniel destroying his career based on his beliefs uh, that the pyramids were made by aliens. Jack's like, ah, yes, I see. Daniel's, of course, trying to stand up for himself, but, you know, he his contributions to the conversation really don't matter. So they start asking about the skull and what happened, and Nick's like, no, nah, nothing. There weren't any aliens there. <laughs> Even though nobody else had mentioned aliens up to this point. <laughs> Aside from their talk of Daniel believing the aliens created Egypt, right. or the pyramids. Jack's like, I'm sure Daniel believed you. And Nick's like, no. And Daniel's like, no. No, no. <laughs> so they continue on the conversation for a while, trying to get more information from Nick. And eventually they end up having to tell him that they found another skull because Nick's really not being too helpful with offering up information. They again say that it's identical to the one that Nick found in Belize. So, of course, Nick wants to see that now. They're not really too convinced that that should be happening because it's classified. But they're going to see what they can do. So they do go see what they can do. Yeah. They go see General Hammond. And he's trying to get Hammond to okay Nick's entrance into the base. Do you think that they brought Nick back with him and they just have him waiting somewhere off base? Or do you think that they're going to like fly him over on his own later? I feel like they brought him with them. Yeah. Also, the guy who plays Nick, he was Jan in The Mighty Ducks 2. Oh, nice. I I watched a lot of Mighty Ducks when I was a kid. I watched the first one. I know I saw the second one, but I think I I only saw it like once or maybe twice. I saw the first one a bunch of times. And I think I actually only saw it with you. (laughs) (laughs) I know the first time I watched it was for sure with you. And I think any other time that I watched it was likely also with you because we didn't own it. So I'm guessing you probably owned the Yeah, I think I had both the first two. Yeah. Yeah, on VHS. They might still be at my mom's. <laughs> but yeah. Anyway, I think they've got him stashed away waiting. <laughs> Just like waiting out in the car upstairs. Yeah. <laughs> Hammond's a little skeptical. He's like, why do we want to bring in a civilian who spent the last 20 years of his life in a psychiatric institution? Yeah. And Jack's like, one, we'll keep him away from level 28. And two, who's going to believe him if he says anything? Right. <laughs> Jack leaves. I guess you walk a fine line, which Hammond says to him is enough of a dismissal. I don't know. And the scene continues 
Because Hammond gets a phone call, not from his bestie, but from one of his granddaughters. Daniel's still there, which is why we have this scene. <laughs> right. But and... also creepy of him to just stand there and yeah. watch this personal conversation. Yeah. His, basically, his granddaughters want him to go to a play tomorrow night, but he's probably going to be too busy looking for Daniel to do that. So that sucks. <laughs> for Hammond <laughs> and his granddaughters. Yeah. Daniel seems a little unhappy about it, too. Yep. Back out in the lab, there is continued study with Siler and Sam on the skull. They are keeping it on a pedestal that lights it from underneath for reasons. Ooh, you can see it better. <laughs> <laughs> that must be it. Yep. Absolutely. Apparently, they were successful in getting Nick in, so Sam introduces him to Rothman. And Nick again says, it's exactly the same as the one I found in Belize. <laughs> he asks where they found it, and Jack says that they can't tell him. But Nick says that the skull that he found was on a stone pedestal and asks if they've been there. Sam asks if they meant Belize, but Nick says, no, the ruins of a temple. But this was not on Belize. It was somewhere else. He was transported to a cavern. Elsewhere, Tilk asks if he knows where the cavern was. Nick is convinced that it was not on Earth. How he figured that out, I don't know. But it was an enormous cavern. And he describes the inside of the pyramid that we were seeing earlier in the episode. And he also describes pretty much the same thing that happened with Daniel with a field of energy surrounding him. And then he just wasn't where he was. He was in that big temple. And he was surrounded by giants. <laughs> Giant aliens, he specifies. That came up out of the mist. And they were made of mist and they flew around him like specters. <laughs> and they spoke some foreign language that apparently Rothman says translates from Mayan to the enemy of my enemy is my friend. Nick says that he was afraid to answer the aliens and that the ground was shaking and everything was scary. Long story short, he was sent back to the original skull back in Belize. And... He asks them if they have any idea what it's like to go on the most incredible journey of their lives and have no one believe you. And of course, they all just kind of <laughs> look around at each other. Jack asks Tilk to take him down to their VIP room. Is it that same VIP room that Hathor and Daniel got it on in? Maybe. Yeah. That's weird. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yes. When Jack asks Rothman if that was at all helpful, Rothman is also helpful in his response. Maybe? Uh, No. <laughs> Jack and Sam leave and are walking talking <laughs> says he described the cavern perfectly which I mean he wasn't that descriptive he was just right. like it's a big cavern so I guess he did anyway <laughs> yeah so he must have been there she says it definitely could not have been any other cavern yeah Jack's a little skeptical he's like a giant's though Daniel admits that's weird, but they can't hear him. <laughs> Sam says, well, somebody built this place. Daniel's still, you know, talking in between. <laughs> so Daniel realizes that maybe if Grandpa was transported to the planet, perhaps the skull Daniel was staring at was trying to hint send him somewhere else. But the process was somehow interrupted. <laughs> By what? Can't imagine. Gee, I don't know. <laughs> Sam and Jack go into an elevator. Sam asks Jack if he gets the feeling that Daniel is still around. And Jack's like, mm, kinda. Sam's like, oh, I guess because we miss him. And Jack's like, or radiation sickness. <laughs> In between this, Daniel's like, we gotta go back. We gotta talk to the giant aliens. Which they cannot hear. Sam gets in the elevator and closes and the door closes and Jack starts walking away. And Daniel's like, what? You're not going to work overnight to help me? I'd do it for you. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of sad. Yeah. <laughs> wah, wah. <laughs> yep. Elsewhere, Tilk is still with Nick and tells Nick that there's going to be a guard posted outside the door if he needs anything. Tilk leaves. Nick says that he's sorry. And Daniel asks for what? Nick says that for not adopting him when his parents died. They continue having a conversation and suddenly Daniel realizes, wait, you can see me and you can hear me. <laughs> and he's 
extremely exasperated that Nick didn't tell anybody else. And Nick's like, well, because you're not real and I'm hallucinating you. Daniel tries to assure Nick that he is real. And Nick says, that's what hallucinations always say. (laughs) Daniel tries harder to convince him that, no, the skull did something to him and he really needs Nick's help. Nick is at least going to be open-minded about this. In the briefing room, Hammond, Fraser, and Jack are having some sort of a conference, and a person comes in escorting Nick, saying that he was insistent that he needed to talk to them. And he insists that Daniel is there. Daniel is standing next to him and just tells Nick to repeat back to them what he's saying. Jack, of course, is being sarcastic and is like, oh, Daniel looks like he's lost a few pounds. And Daniel says, don't be an ass. Nick repeats, don't be an ass. And suddenly that's all it takes for Jack to be convinced that Daniel is in fact there. Yep. Through Nick, Daniel convinces them that they need to go back to the planet to try to fix this situation. They need to take the skull back there and maybe you have this whole thing start over again. And... Apparently, Daniel has told Nick all about the Stargate. (laughs) Hammond is still not quite convinced that Daniel is actually there. So, again, through Nick, Daniel mentions the phone call that he had earlier with Kayla. And that maybe if they actually listen to what Nick is saying, that he can go and see Kayla's play. (gasps) Yeah. So that's good enough for everyone involved. They're going to go back to the planet. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Jack escorts Nick, and obviously Daniel is there as well, to the gate room. They're having a conversation through Nick, (laughs) where Jack asks a question, Daniel elaborates an answer, but Nick gives a one-word response. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) And also Jack asks, and Daniel said you should come along to make it work. Daniel's (laughs) like, I never said that. And Nick's like, yeah, yeah, I gotta go. Yeah. They make it to the gate room and meet up with Sam and Tilk. The gate opens. We have our, like, obligatory whoa scene of Nick watching that happen. <laughs> Hammond lets them know they have a go. Sam and Jack head up the ramp and go through. Nick's still doing the, oh, there's another world? Really? Holy cow. Daniel's like, sure, sure, I'll talk all about it when we get back. And Teal then escorts, excuse me, escorts Nick up the ramp and they all go through, including Daniel, who is not cut off almost this time going through. (laughs) Yep. They make their way back to the pyramid. Nick says that it's just as he remembered it. So apparently that confirms this is the same place. (laughs) Sure. Yeah. They head across the very long, narrow bridge to the pedestal and they replace the skull whoever returns the skull to the city temple will be given control over its power nick says now we have to wait for the giant aliens <laughs> yep. daniel yeah. bends down looks into the skull just as he had been before everything starts shaking the radiation starts climbing we see those sparkles coming back again sam's getting nervous about the radiation levels but nick is delighted by all of the sparkly lights and jack is just saying they gotta let it happen that's what daniel said they needed to do and then all of a sudden daniel is there or at least seems to be there sam can see him jack can see him but apparently till cannot and nor can he see jack or sam now so oops that sucks yeah yeah I guess he can't see Nick at this point either. So essentially, as, as far as Tilk is concerned, he's actually just there on his own. He radios back to Hammond and Hammond tells him to come back. Once Tilk is gone, holy smoke, <laughs> according to Jack. And there's a big giant, just as Nick had explained. He introduces himself as Quetzalcoatl and says the same thing that he had said to Nick all the way back. That roughly translates to the enemy of my enemy is my friend. They're trying to figure out why the thing with the skull didn't affect Tilk the way that it affected all the rest of them. And they're like, oh, it must be because he's a Jaffa. Like, obviously, every time that something doesn't affect Tilk the way it affects the rest of you, fair assumption, it has something to do with the fact that he's a Jaffa. Or that he's carrying a gold or whatever. We do get that confirmation yeah. from this alien, essentially. And he says that without Tilk there, they're welcome here. So they describe their mission as travelers in search of friendship, wanting to exchange knowledge and culture. And the giant alien says, yeah, okay, cool. (laughs) 
Then they point to Nick and says that Nick is going to remain. I guess kind of as like the envoy. Daniels doesn't really seem too convinced that that's a good idea. Neither does Jack, but Nick's all on board. <laughs> so that's it. The alien gets his way. Nick is going to stay because this was his life's work that he's been hoping for another chance to follow up on for 29 years. So yeah, that's that's it. <laughs> yeah. Yep. We do notice, though, that Nick promises he'll be back. Do we ever see Nick again? I don't think so. And I was also wondering at the end, when they're supposed to be exchanging ideas and friendship and technology, like, does anyone ever go back to check on Nick? Who knows? Off camera, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. But, yeah. So the alien tells everyone to look into the eyes of the skull again. Apparently that's going to bring them back into the normal phase I guess you could say. Nick and Daniel have their goodbyes. Nick tells Daniel that he's proud of him. And Daniel says, goodbye, Grandpa. And I was wondering, is that like a last dig at his grandpa who (laughs) preferred to be called Nick? (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) But that's the end of the episode. It is the end of the episode. Yeah. So I was watching the credits. Yeah. Oh, okay. Do you know who was the voice of Quetzalcoatl? Oh, I don't because I did not watch the credits. It was a uh, little-known actor on this show named Christopher Judge. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah. I mean, if you need somebody who's got, like, a large, booming, deep voice, I guess that makes sense, because yeah. he does have an amazing voice. Yeah. And, you know, you can't get James Earl Jones every time. True. That's true. I thought you were actually <laughs> going to tell me it was James Earl Jones again. <laughs> so did you like the episode? I did like the episode. I... One, it was super funny. It was so entertaining, like, all the way through. I don't know if it's a big secret that Daniel, I find, quite annoying most of the time. (laughs) What? I know. (laughs) I am shocked. And I actually found this a very enjoyable Daniel episode, Mm -hmm. and it was kind of nice to see him not really interact because he doesn't really interact with anyone (laughs) but like his like relationship with his grandfather i thought was really funny because they were both very much the same in all the ways like yeah not only did they both have crackpot theories that turned out to be right but they didn't believe each other and they're like super stubborn people and i just found it a really entertaining episode and yeah how about you I didn't like it as much as you did. I would say it was fine. I agree. There are a lot of parts that were very funny. But then in between the funny parts, I guess I didn't find it all that interesting. I don't know why. Maybe it's because I feel like it's a storyline that we've seen a bunch of times with like every version of Star Trek doing something similar as well. So Fair. I guess maybe it just seemed a little bit cliche to me. And that's why it didn't hold my interest all that well. And also there were like no explosions. So... <laughs> um, the biggest explosion that we really got was right at the beginning when Tilk shot the skull, and then that was it for the episode. So, yeah. Um, so funny in parts, and then fine. Not like I wasn't like super bored, but I would say yeah. it was, overall for me, it was okay. I found it was an entertaining out of phase yeah. episode, I thought. So, yeah. yeah that's good. Anyway, you're not allowed to have different opinions from me. Yeah. I thought we've discussed this before. Oh, right, right. <laughs> What is next? Next, we are watching the final episode of season three, 22 of Stargate SG-1, and it's called Nemesis. Say that will be Nemesis. See, I think of the Star Trek movie when I hear the word. (laughs) Oh, so the Netflix says O'Neill is engulfed in a white glow and disappears. Major Samantha Carter immediately recognizes that O'Neill has been transported away by the Asgard. What a fascinating description. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> that tells us a whole lot. It sure does. <laughs> the booklet says O'Neill is kidnapped by the Asgard. So would we really say it's kidnapping, though, when they're friends? I mean... I think that if you're somebody just like takes you away, that's yeah. kidnapping. <laughs> whether Fair or point. not you know one another. Very good point. Yes, you but, are right. You know, in yeah. like six words, they said the entire description of Netflix. O'Neill is kidnapped by the Asgard and taken aboard a ship where he encounters a swarm of metallic, bug-like creatures Uh on a mission to destroy Earth. O'Neill plans to blow up the ship and sacrifice himself, 
But can the Stargate team find another way to stop this apocalyptic scheme? <gasps> Those metal bug-like creatures sound pretty familiar. I do. I'm very excited about mm. this. Yes. Yes. I like Asgard. I like... I don't like small bug-like metal creatures, but I enjoyed the show. Yeah. Yes. Lucky bugs. As always, thank you for listening. If you haven't already done so, please subscribe so you can get our episodes as soon as they come out every Wednesday. If you'd like to get them even earlier than that, you can sign up to be one of our Patreon supporters at patreon.com slash stargazing. If you'd like to get in touch with us, you can reach us by stargazing at gmail.com. You can find us at stargazing.space. Stargate. Yeah, that's our website. <laughs> My brain stopped working there for a second. <laughs> We're also on Instagram and Twitter. And you can find us on YouTube and all of this is out of order because I'm not looking at my notes again. And I think that's everything, right? That sounds right. All right. I'm Mary. I'm Kathy. And you've been listening to Stargard. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that was. <laughs> and you've been listening to Stargazing. The end. The end. <laughs> wow. <laughs> You know, it's been a long forever. It has. <laughs>